of you who are fans of the movie Big Shot would surely remember this. Have you ever refused to rate any of these bonds upper tranches AAA? Can we see the paperwork on those deals? Oh, I'm under no obligation to share that information with you, Just whoever you might be. Just answer the question, Georgia. Can you name one time in the past year where you checked the tape and you didn't give the banks the AAA percentage they wanted? If we don't give them the ratings, they'll go to Moody's, right down the block. If we don't work with them, they will go to our competitors. Not our fault, simply the way the world works. While the scene may be a fictionalized depiction, it's not very far from the truth. Neither rating agencies nor their ratings have been above reproach. Time and again, bad credit has been given great ratings, leading to billions of dollars of losses. The 2008 global financial crisis stands out as a striking example. But surprisingly, no regulator in the world has ever asked a credit rating agency to shut down. That is until October this year. On 6th October, India's capital markets regulator SEBI passed an order for the 17-year-old brickwork ratings to wind up its operations within 6 months. Until recently, China has been known to suspend the licenses of its top rating agencies for a few months to a year. But ordering to shut shop altogether is a first. So what prompted this severe action from SEBI? My colleague from ET Prime, Jyotendra Dubey, has an interesting answer. They identified conflict of interest like business development team and the rating team meeting the client together which is very glaring then they have lack of peer analysis lack of financial projections lack of site visits not doing the discussions with the company management interaction with the bankers not reviewing their ratings in time and what ails the ratings business listen to mr dr dogra former md and ceo of care edge ratings people stop cooperating they go to other rating agencies to get a rating so they may like to shop it from one rating agency to another those who are fly by night operators will give you a rating they may survive for some time but i don't think they will survive for long but how effective is the regulatory mechanism this is what mr r gandhi former deputy governor of rbi says Credit rating agencies basically work in a very challenging environment. Their assessment, their conclusions are being questioned not at the time when they issued the ratings, but much later based on the benefit of hindsight. That is one inherent problem the rating agencies face. It is Tuesday, December thirteenth. From the Economic Times, I am your host Kiran Somanshi, and you are listening to Rating the Raters. in which we explore what prompted sebi to ask brickwork to wind up what are the systemic issues with the credit rating business the challenges that these agencies face and was brickwork made a whipping boy or is there merit in the regulator's action all this and much more in today's episode of the morning brief Compared to the West that has two or three big credit rating agencies, India has seven, both global as well as local. And Bangalore-based Brickwork Ratings, which got the regulatory approval in 2008, is one of the youngest. 
It was founded by bureaucrat turned entrepreneur Vivek Kulkarni along with his wife Sangeeta in 2005 and since then it has assigned over 9000 credit ratings to a variety of instruments such as bank loans and bonds all worth almost 20 lakh crore rupees Incidentally Brickwork is the most preferred agency among the asset reconstruction companies with Brickwork rating half of their outstanding security receipts Now this agency has been under SEBI scrutiny since 2014 and the regulator has so far conducted four inspections three independently and one jointly with the RBI in April this year My colleague Jyotendra Dube who has closely tracked the Brickworks legal case tells me what exactly SEBI found so disparaging in its inspections that has got the clock ticking for Brickwork Hello Jyotendra welcome to the morning brief Hi Kiran thanks for inviting me So how would you describe SEBI's order of winding up Brickworks operations So SEBI's order to wind up Brickworks operation is a massive move I've never seen such kind of an order in India or in any other country against any rating agency So no other market regulator has given such an order Penalties have been imposed on uh, some credit rating agencies in India and even in other countries but there are no such cases of being a serial offender like one rating agencies have been you know inspected several times and found guilty of various discrepancies and it has definitely given a note of caution to other rating agencies as well because the role of a rating agency is very crucial because the investors they invest money in any security any company going by what the rating agency has to say so if the rating is manipulated in any way the investors are impacted big time so it's a welcome move by uh, sebi and it has given a note of caution to all the rating agencies in india got it so from your talking to people for the story that you did what kind of reaction did people give about the order or they always expected ki ye to hona hi tha as far as brickwork was concerned So I spoke with various institutional investors uh, while reporting on this story. So most of these investors, they were in that opinion that they always saw this coming, and it was long overdue, and they knew that there were discrepancies with how Brickworks is operating. The common opinion in the industry and other stakeholders, they were not at all shocked with uh, what has happened, though they were a little. shocked of sebi giving such a strong order so they thought there will be another penalty a stronger one but winding up was little unexpected because this has never happened anywhere across the world but the discrepancies which sebi pointed out they were not at all shocked right what all discrepancies have been pointed out in sebi's order and how serious are they there have been three investigations which sebi had conducted and in all those investigations they found various discrepancies in how brickworks was operating in a nutshell they identified conflict of interest like business development team and the rating team meeting the client together which is very glaring that's the most glaring uh, allegation in the sebi's order then they have lack of peer analysis lack of financial projections lack of site visits not doing the discussions with the company management interaction with the bankers not reviewing their ratings in time like if there has been a default they took sometimes more than 10 15 days in reviewing and revising their ratings of that particular company so these were the major uh, allegations which sebi had pointed out 
And you mentioned about those three uh, investigations SEBI held and then it also held the last one, fourth one jointly with RBI. So what have been the revelations that have been brought out in these investigations, inspections, and how have these inspections been carried? So the first inspection was done by SEBI and they took a period between April 1st, 2014 to September 30th, 2015. And after the first inspection, they imposed a monetary penalty of 3 lakhs, and which was later appealed by Brickworks and it was reduced to 2 lakhs. And then further, like even after the first inspection, there were discrepancies and they continued. So second inspection was carried between the period of April 1st, 2017 to 30th September 2018. So again, a monetary penalty was imposed and this time for a higher amount for one crore. But again, they challenged it and the penalty was reduced to 10 lakhs. The third inspection by SEBI, they took a time period of October 1st, 2018 to November 30th, 2019. And after the third inspection, it led to, you know, cancel Brickworks certificate of registration and they directed the agency to wind up their operations within six months. So, and apart from these three uh, inspections, they also started with an inspection jointly with the RBI. And for that inspection, they took the time period between December 2019 to January 2022, a longer period this time. The final report for that joint inspection is still pending, but on the basis of their uh, third inspection, they have already issued this finding of order against Brickworks. Sure. So what has been Brickworks' defense uh, from the order that you have seen? So Brickworks has responded point by point on uh, various allegations. For example, if SEVI has said that they haven't conducted peer analysis in various cases. So Brickworks has said, see, this is not a mandatory practice, but a standard practice followed by all the rating agencies, but uh, we are not mandated to you know, conduct peer analysis. For instance, in one allegation, SEVI has said that they've conducted the meetings with the management without the presence of the analyst who is working on that particular case. So they have said sometimes, you know, seen in management does that meeting and we brief the analyst later. So they have responded to various allegations, but they could not, you know, substantiate why there was so many discrepancies there. Yes, understood. See, in the past, we have seen many times, you know, SEBI comes out with an order and at this appellate level, at the SAT level, those orders get diluted or reversed. So, you know, how do legal experts look at this now? So that does happen. And even in the case of Brickwork, like if you see the three inspections which were carried out by SEBI, so every time they imposed a monetary penalty and they appealed before the SAT and the penalty was reduced. After SEBI uh, gave that winding up order against Brickwork, they went ahead and they appealed against that order in the Karnataka High Court. And they also got a stay against the order. Then reacting to that, SEBI approached the Supreme Court which stayed the Karnataka High Court order and they ruled in favor of SEBI. So they allowed SEBI to you know, uh, go ahead with the winding up order. So after that, Brickwork has uh, appealed in SAT, which is the appellant authority for SEBI. And that case is still ongoing. So uh, one hearing has already taken place and the next hearing uh, will be on 14th of December. But the point is, since Supreme Court has once already ruled in favor of SEBI, what the experts say that is that SAT may not go against what Supreme Court has already ruled. So it will be very interesting to see how SAT takes it up. Right. But this time, they are now a serial offender. And 
So SAT will also consider that fact as well. So SEBI went after Brickwork because the rating agency was found to be ignoring the red flags that SEBI has been raising over the years across three inspections. And Brickwork's defense? They say that most of the deficiencies were related to non-material procedural issues or clerical errors and are not related to any integrity issues or malpractices in favor of any issuers. And that's why it doesn't warrant a capital punishment penalty in the form of cancellation of registration. Now, what does this say about the overall ratings business and its challenges? Let's understand from Mr. D.R. Dogra the issues that plague the rating business. Mr. Dogra has been the MD and CEO of Care Edge Ratings from 2009 to 2016. Thank you, Mr. Dogra, and welcome to the Morning Brief. Good morning, everyone. You know, having been in the industry for so long, how would you summarize what are the major problems with the rating business? See, every business has its own uh, pros and cons. And while evaluating them, you have to see whether anything which has a con has proportionally much higher pros or not. Credit rating is able to define credit risk as well as default risk and give an indication to a saver to put its money and demand an appropriate premium for the risk he's taking. Let's come to the, the evil side of the rating one. For example, we are now have six or seven credit ratings. I don't know number now because they have been growing like anything. But certainly we have six or seven rating agencies now. And smaller rating agency will certainly try to show its foothold in the market and start rating clients. So there's a possibility of a smaller rating agency to go and give a rating which people, you know, because customers are always craving to get a higher rating. So they may like to shop it from one rating agency or another. That's quite possible that some of the rating agencies may go into that. Although this kind of service is a self-killing exercise if anybody goes for it. Those who are fly-by-night operators will give you a rating. They may survive for some time. But I don't, think, I don't think they will survive for long. Can you explain to us how rampant this practice is? See, I, I don't think it is too rampant. Had it been so rampant, it would have been many ratings and she would have seen the flag because I don't think any rating agency would like to be treated as a rating agency whose ratings are inferior to others. So rating agencies are themselves know this, that rating shopping will kill them one day. Let me warn you here. You should not immediately jump to this conclusion that suppose I give a rating double A to a client who has a double A minus for somebody else. It doesn't mean that I have gone for a rating shopping here because after all, rating is a very, very subjective opinion. It's not that objective. There's no mathematical formula. And I let me give you an example. For example, there's a company started by Fortune 500 company in India, 100% owned by them. Another company owned by some individual Indian promoter. And suppose those two companies have similar numbers, similar issues. Do you think they will end up getting a same rating? No, because a rating analyst will like to see not only in the quantitative parameters, but also the qualitative parameters. So jumping this conclusion that the two a company getting two different ratings have gone for rating shopping is also wrong because after all, there could be a different opinion. But of course, if you have 100 ratings and 90 of your ratings are higher than other ratings agencies, suppose you have 100 companies who have rating for more than 
one rating agencies and your ratings are always higher from other ratings and there's a problem with that company and i think any logical conclusion to come that this rating agency has gone for a rating shopping is not a very logical deduction uh, but mr dogra there are instances where a corporate would come to an x rating agency get a rating that they are not happy with and then move on to another and the corporate does pressurize the second agency to give a better rating as they are not happy with the first one right yeah i think what you are saying is correct but that means see i have some belief on my cred quality and i go to a rating agency and they come up with a rating and which i don't think that this is a rating which i deserve then the regulations provide that the client have option to accept the rating or doesn't accept the rating if he doesn't accept the rating earlier we were not supposed to disclose the rating to the market but now the client is supposed to tell and we also say that the company has come to us for rating and they got this rating but they have decided not to accept our rating but once you accept a opinion and go and place that instrument then it is become bound on you to comply with all acceptance requirements and you have to keep on providing all information on the current credit quality of the company and then there is no way to get out of your rating but it's a real world real world it doesn't happen like this people stop cooperating they go to other rating agencies to get a rating and that is what you find the rating is not meaningful or client is not cooperating they suspend the rating or they go to the investors and ask them that we like the rating to be drawn so they get no objection then rating agency also be draw the rating but mr dogra what about the inherent conflict of interest in the ratings business the person who wants the rating is the one paying for it isn't there a conflict of interest in this i think it's a very important question and i think this is the first question everyone asks on conflict of interest let me tell you this see there are models issuer pays model is also there this is the issuer pays model where the corporate who is raising the debt is paying for the rating also there is another model known as issuer's investor pays model because the lender or investor is a real user of rating it's not the corporate though corporate gets money because of our rating but it's only the investor and lenders who accepts a rating and then gives him the money so the real user of rating is the customer or the investor or the lender not the corporate client we who is actually our customer who has given us mandate in the fees but let me tell you the the first and foremost merit of a issuer or a corporate giving mandate model is that you require information for doing a rating and that information on corporate can only be given by corporate maybe to get a loan the lender may force him to share the rating with the rating agency initially in the first year and we might get corporates uh, cooperation in first year because he has to get a loan but what happened after second year the loan is for 5 years or debenture is for 10 years who will support me for next 10 years because rating is have to be kept live the service is not over unless the whole loan is repaid or whole debenture is repaid so if you say the investor driven model then we'll have this problem so investor will be will getting any update on the credit quality later because we don't have the credit agency will not have any information so the biggest disadvantage of a you know investor pays uh, model is that who will how rating agency will monitor ratings that's the biggest uh, disadvantage right any other issues see i think regulator should strictly look at this because i think too much competition is not good for the market when internationally in world markets where debt markets are quite big there are only two or three rating agencies how in india there could be six or 
seven rating agencies for a very smaller market. I think in a market which is not developed, if you have fly-by-night operators getting a license to start a rating agency and start giving obscure ratings, goes for rating shopping, he may not survive for long, but certainly he can damage the market for some time to come. You can see that with the regulator, which uh, you know grant licenses over banks. I mean, they are very strict on giving licenses, whom to give license to start a bank and all that. Though we know very for sure that for a country like India, we need more banks. Everybody understands that and everybody, even RBI agrees to that. But they are very strict. And I'm not saying that security exchange regulator gives a rating agency license to everyone. They have also are very strict. There are some people had to go to court to get a license. But I think security exchange regulator should have a, you know, uh, I mean, if something is required from the government regulatory side, we should give that support to security exchange to really take a final view. It's not the court should decide that who should get a rating license and are not, or, you know, direct a regulator to, I mean, I'm not going to criticize court here, but I think security exchange regulator should have final say in this and they're quite objective in this. That's what I'm trying to say. So it should be the regulator's prerogative to take action against the credit rating agencies. Interestingly, rating agencies are directly monitored by SEBI and also come under the scrutiny of RBI, which is the regulator for debt markets. So I speak to Mr. R. Gandhi, former deputy governor of RBI, about how the regulators view the credit rating business and their inherent challenges. Good morning, Mr. Gandhi, and welcome to the Morning Brief. Good morning, Kiran. So what would you point out as the systemic issues with the rating agencies and the rating agency business? Yeah, credit rating agencies basically work in a very challenging environment. Their assessment, their conclusions are being questioned not at the time when they issued the ratings, but much later based on the benefit of hindsight. That is one inherent problem the rating agencies face. question that are raised about them is that why they had not been able to predict the fall of the entities much before it had happened. Any failure is taken as they, they had failed to predict. But the very fact that they had been rating a different entities at different levels, that automatically mm. means that they have an assessment, they have a model based on which they come to conclusion. Third, the optics, because they are being paid by the borrowers themselves who seek the ratings. So generally, the doubt remains in many people's mind whether they have been guided by the money that they are making. And uh, on that basis, uh, they are not candid uh, enough in terms of assessing the borrower's debt instruments. Then fourth challenge that they have is that at the time of originating the ratings, the borrowers are willing to give whatever information the rating agencies are asking. At that time, the rating agencies have the real upper hand to ask for the information based on that they rate them. But later on, because it is a debt instrument, debt instruments are uh, running for several months or years. So during the course of the instrument's life, whether the entity continues to willingly give information what is being asked by the rating agency, that is again, there is a big lacuna there. So if we had to look at solutions, would data asymmetry be a big one to resolve? 
So the data continuing information, that's a big lacuna in which the rating agencies function. So there possibly hmm. now we have certain other developments which has taken place in India which may help them out. One is the account aggregation business which has come on the scene. Then the public credit registry that is being organized by the Reserve Bank of India as an extension of the acrylic concept. Third, the MCA database is getting expanded and getting more and more uh, robust. Then the GSTN network, that has also got large uh, amount of data about the actual business of these big entities uh, who are uh, borrowing from the market. So if we enable the credit rating agencies to be an approved entity to receive information, to access information from all these kind of new arrangements. Then, uh, to that extent, the rating agencies' problem of uh, getting latest up-to-date data that can be solved. Then it is up to their professional wisdom to make good use of that, analyze it properly, and give appropriate uh, ratings or change in the ratings that they will be able to do. So that is one major measure which all of us will have to think about about how to enable the rating agencies gain latest information. What about the conflict of interest in those getting rated paying for the rating? There has always been a suggestion that rating agencies should get paid not by the borrowers, but by mm. a common mechanism through which either by the regulator or from a specific fund, the, all the borrowing parties can fund that entity or that trust or fund. And from there, the rating agencies should be paid, not a direct financial or commercial relationship between the rating agencies and fundraising entities. So if you break that, if you make it indirect or even completely break that link, then the rating mm. agencies, the criticism that they are being guided by the business that they are getting from the borrowing entities will not be there. Yes, understood. I'm curious, uh, Mr. Gandhi, that is there a need for so many rating agencies in India? Because globally, when you look at it, it's like top two or three major ones who look at such a big, large market. But for an Indian market, which is relatively smaller, we still have like seven agencies. So do we need so many? Actually, the Indian market is not small. It is big. Because in the number of entities, we are hoping them to get into raising monies from the market. That is one. It is not just uh, market borrowing which requires a rating. Even uh, bank borrowing, right? There are also rating agencies do play for rating the loans. So the large number of debt instruments, which we hope that down the line, the market will improve and rating will be a primary requirement. That is one market instrument. Second, the private placement market also is has been very large, continuously increasing. And third, the loan portfolio of banks. So I don't think number or large number of rating agencies, we need not necessarily see it in a negative way because this is not a market infrastructure. If it is a market infrastructure instrument, then normally I would be arguing for a single institution to be there because it is a, it gives common service for all the people. In that case, there is a natural uh, advantage in that uh, entity being a monopoly. Whereas this is pure commercial one. So that way, I do not think there is compelling reason for restricting the number of rating agencies to just two. But Mr. Gandhi, won't excessive competition breed the problem of rating shopping even further? 
Yeah, there has been often criticism about rate shopping. That that is one trouble when when we have uh, multiple uh, rating agencies. Then the competition leads them to shop around, and the borrowers can obviously play one against another. So that's a natural mm-hmm. consequence of multiple institutions uh, coming on the scene. How do we correct this the problem? Of course, it can lead to relaxed standards being followed by the rating agencies, or sometimes mm-hmm. unethical practices either by by the rate seekers or the rating agencies but by we, we can put some ring fencing against these evils one is that which i already mentioned that if you have sought ratings from several agencies in that case mm-hmm. all the ratings should be disclosed so that is if that way if you make then rating shopping the primary reason for rate shopping that you want to disclose only the best ones can be removed Mr Gandhi so coming to the point of brickworks case so do you agree with sebi's order of asking brickwork to wind up its operations within 6 months what is your observation on it there uh, I, i would I actually not uh, like to comment in the sense that the information that is publicly available like uh, with me and with you and anybody else is limited mm-hmm. there is uh, the regulators being ex regulator i can certainly believe that regulators would have a large amount of information based on which they have come to certain conclusions that is one so in the mm-hmm. absence of such um, full assessment just uh, the concluding decision by the regulator to pass judgment it will not be correct that is number one number 2 mm. uh, it is also mentioned that sebi and even for that matter rbi also had been giving warnings in earlier rounds they had accorded penalties on this entity about what this period and now finally it has come to the cancellation of license so it is not that suddenly they were let into this situation there had been prior warnings and uh, certain earlier regulatory actions regulatory guidance for correction all those things have also been done so with that uh, normally i would abide by this regulators view that in their hands large amount of information is there and in their best judgment they have come to this conclusion in this particular case for that matter any particular case like this it may not be right for us to see whether sebi has overreacted or underreacted kind of thing that i would not like to really say that if sebi has its way companies may soon have to disclose any new or revised rating that they have got even if it was not requested by them or the request was later withdrawn this will discourage companies from rating shopping the regulator may also soon allow rating agencies to supervise how ipo funds are used by companies now with such changes coming in that are empowering the rating agencies it becomes crucial for the regulator to red flag the repeat offenders in the business In case brickwork was to indeed shut down it will send a stern message of deterrence not just to the other rating agencies but to the overall financial markets and just in case sad does overturn sebi's order it may reveal the deficiencies in the way sebi inspects and penalizes it may also prove that sebi's punishment of closure for brickwork was way more stringent than what it deserved After all our guests did point out the constraints within which the rating agencies function. We typically start our episodes with questions. In this case we are also left with some. Could this whole issue have been handled better? Can there be better checks and balances in the system? A kind of make a checker system that is basic finance 1.0? 
can there be a mechanism to forewarn the market about any irregularities of the rating agencies it is over to sebi and rbi now to correct the system rather than singling out just one offender the brickwork case is a compelling reason to make the rating mechanism more robust and trustworthy so that's it for today this is your host kiran somanchi from the economic times you have been listening to rating the raters only on the morning brief a big thank you to our guests mr gandhi mr dogra and jyotendra dubey for sharing their amazing insights and thank you for tuning in to this podcast brought to you by the team economic times show producer sumit pande sound editor rajesh nayak executive producers anupriya bahadur anirban choudhary and arijit barman we hope you like this episode do share it on your social media networks the morning brief drops every tuesday thursday and friday the morning brief is now streaming on amazon prime music and jio seven apart from spotify apple and google podcasts and of course it is own audio platform et play do tune in to et play our latest platform for all audio content have a great week ahead all clips used in the episode belong to the respective owners credits mentioned in the description 